Now, today's show is sponsored by Procure, maker of Rosa Care Cream. Now, Rosa Care is formulated with what's that word? Something acid? Hyaluronic. Yeah, that's acid. And it looks like licorice root. It probably is licorice root. Oh, wow. They use it to extract to clear flushed red bumpy skin caused by rosacea. It's safe. Rosacea? Rosacea, that's it. Rosacea, Rashawn. <laughs> skin caused by Come rosacea. On. That's why you care. It's safe and effective wait, 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 to hold use. Hold on, hold on. So now say that whole thing the right way. Hyaluronic acid. I'm not saying it. Today's show is sponsored by Procure, maker of Rosacare Cream. Rosacare is formulated with hyaluronic acid and licorice root. There you go. Extra to clear flushed red bumpy skin caused by rosacea. It's safe and effective to use <laughs> on your entire body and face. Try Rosacare today and get $3 discount on Amazon using the code 3KCCREW. Just go to ProcureHeels.com slash KCCREW and use the code word 3KCCREW. That's the number three, then KCCREW, all one word, and make sure you type it all in caps. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. Welcome. Yes, and happy 4th of July, everybody. We are out in Jamaica. Yes. We're on vacation with the whole family at a place called the Moon Palace. Yes. We've been here for the last uh, five, six, seven days. Yes, we're in Ocho Rios. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice place. Yeah, I mean, they have everything. They have uh, dolphins here. They have um, tubing. They have wave <laughs> running. They have shows. They have jerk chicken and jerk chicken and jerk chicken. And, <laughs> and jerk pork. And jerk pork. Um, <laughs> you name it, they have a kids club where the kids could just play all day long. They mm-hmm. have so many different things. The beach, the pools. Like It must have like nine pools, but... We're having a great time out here. We took the family here on vacation. Just a little just a little getaway before uh, school starts next year, I guess. Next year? Well, September, I should say. <laughs> yes, yes, End of yes. August. So, yes. So we're having a good time out in Jamaica, but we wanted to do the podcast just to keep up with you guys. Mm-hmm. So it's 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. So you had to get up before the kids um, because we're taking them jet skiing today yes jet skiing so today. we have to go over to Negril to go jet skiing but here we did tubing yesterday mm-hmm. and boy all i want to say is london is really a little daredevil she is me reincarnated is she, she is. not yeah absolutely she loves anything that's fun anything that's daring anything that's thrilling and it's kind of like no holes barred she yes. puts no brakes on it's like more 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 yes oh my gosh when will this girl say enough is enough oh my gosh i love her so much we had a good time <laughs> we went we did tubing there and then what was the other thing we did yesterday no we were in a tube too but it wasn't called tubing or was it called tubing okay so yesterday technically technically it wasn't tubing they said tubing but we were on some type of inflatable that wasn't a tube it wasn't necessarily a raft maybe technically it was a raft um but we were on some type of flotation device that was like a big circular seat with a back Mm -hmm. and a rope was tied to it that was attached to the boat. Right. And he takes off and he's doing cool turns and, you know, all that stuff. So it's like a banana boat, but it's not a banana boat. Because they, they call it banana boat. You get on the back of a banana boat, they take you around. But it's the same concept, same concept, I guess you can say, as a banana boat. But we were on an inflatable. Right. And that was a lot of fun. But what we did the day before was um, we went again. I signed up for river rafting, but it was more like river tubing. So each of us got on our own tube mm-hmm. and we went pretty much white water rafting 
down a river. But it wasn't as rough. Because when you think of white water rafting, you think of, uh, well, we had to wear helmets, but you think of like flying down and hitting rocks and all types of things and like crashing that. Crashing into bushes. Correct. And we along kinda, we along that, the river. We did that on a smaller scale. It was like that on a smaller scale. It was something that was safe enough for our kids. But so it kind of flowed and then it would hit like white water mm-hmm. and then it would be a little bit rough and you go mm-hmm. down and then it would be a little bit more smooth. You hit another patch where it was a little bit more rough. So it was good enough for the kids. I'm not going to front though. Everything in Jamaica is good enough for our kids. Like, you are funny. And I'm the truth because I'm really thinking about it. Like we were someplace else. I don't think they would have allowed some of the things like, for instance, the tubing. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn was on a tube at age two, <laughs> holding on for dear life. And I'm thinking to myself, yesterday, this was someplace else, but they allowed a two year old. Same thing with the tubing. Like, yeah, the safety standards we put a helmet. might be a little bit different than yeah. in the States. We put a helmet on a two year old and she, she was there. was like, ah, it should be fine. Yeah, they, um, I asked about zip lining because I was thinking that, you know, we could just do that with Madison and Logan. And if we do it at a place where there are other activities, you know, the babies can go because we have Irma out here. We have Ben's out here with us. So mm-hmm. they could take them to do something a little bit, you know, a little bit safer. Right. <laughs> you know, like, um, I don't know, like a water park or a little water slide or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they said, oh, no, you could take the babies zip lining with you. Right. I said, well. How's that going to work? And they said, oh, you know, they can harness them in with you and you can carry them along the zip line. Right. I was thinking to myself, like, gosh, like I've never seen that anywhere. Everywhere we everywhere else we've gone zip lining. It said, you know, 12 and above. Correct. But then there was a person here from Colombia Mm -hmm. and someone else from Costa Rica who said that it's like that in their countries, too. Wow. You can take the babies zip lining with you. Correct. You just hold them and or a person, you know, another professional, another professional zip liner, someone running the tour. Right. Can take them for you. I'm just like, yeah, you know, in the States, you know, I never really heard that before. I mean, I thought that was crazy. And I also thought, but you know, it's funny. What's that? We've signed like 16 waivers. Wait, no, we signed a million and one <laughs> waivers. Life, life waivers. Now, also what I thought was dope was I thought, um, uh, what do we do? Dunn's River Fall. Now, let me explain to you about Dunn River Fall. Now, Dunn River Fall Duns. is Dunn's. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a huge fall. Waterfall. And you got to climb up that motherfucker. Yes. And it's very difficult. And I'm surprised there's not more accidents there. Because you're climbing up that thing. You're climbing up rocks. You're climbing up falls. It's slippery. We had the two-year-old, the five-year-old, the six-year-old. We were all climbing. But we all made it up safely that was my workout for this whole week we had a very good tour guide we did who took us up his name was casey his name was that's the name his name was casey his name his first name was k his last name was c he was like call me casey the only reason i remember because our last name was casey right right but he had a first name what's his first name Whatever it was, it started with a K and then he had the last name that started with a C. What he said call So me. his name was his name wasn't Casey. He said call me Casey. Okay. His name wasn't Casey, his name was Casey. As I said, Casey. No, you said Casey. You may see like his name was Casey. And like let's say his first name was Kirk. He said, call him Casey. So I, I know, but he didn't say call him Casey. He said, call him KC. It's a different. You made it sound like he had the same name as our last Well, that's name. the only reason I remembered. So shout out to Casey. But he got us up. Casey got up that that falls with no shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> he had no shoes on. Everybody else is required to wear water shoes. Right. So when we got there, we bought like all these cool Jamaican water shoes, mm-hmm. uh, like with the flag on it and stuff. And he's, I'm sitting there like, yo, 
This dude is barefoot. Yeah, he's barefoot wearing up that thing. No problem. I'm sitting there tripping and falling. He was like, come on, man. I got you. He, he, we got up that fall real I'm fast. All I'm saying is that you have to hit the gym. I got to hit the gym? Yes, you have to hit the gym. You were huffing and puffing uh, yeah. and complaining. It's 95 <laughs> degrees, climbing up with kids. Hell yeah. Complain like, whew. I'm pulling up uh, Irma. I'm pulling up Ben's. Like, how much more climbing do we have to do? Yeah. I was like, dude. But it was wonderful. Yeah, we had I, a good time I doing that. And you know what I'm surprised about with you? What? We did that before, and you have zero recollection my, of climbing Duns River Falls My before. memory's bad. My memory's really bad. I don't remember a lot of things that we did early on, but I think that's also because I work so much and I do so much that I always think about what's next opposed to enjoying the present. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm old, like even today, I'm like, damn, after this, I got to go this, we got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to head to New Orleans tomorrow. Like I'm doing so much mm-hmm. that I'm always constantly thinking, damn, what's next? Yeah. You never have any time to reflect on the past. It's kind of mm-hmm. interesting. We did um, that before we climbed, climbed Dunn's River before when I was three months pregnant mm-hmm. with Madison mm-hmm. and clearly they don't allow any pregnant women, but we did it anyway. Um, right. Not recommended, obviously, but, you know, I was young and dumb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because today I'm like, wow, like this is like people could really take a spill doing this. But it was it was great. The kids loved it. Everyone loved it. We got mm-hmm. some cool pictures. So, yeah. Yeah, we had a great time out in Jamaica. So just wanted to tell you what what uh, you what, what we were doing this uh, week. Now, um, a lot of people hit us up for emails. So I want to go through a couple of emails if that's cool with you. All right. Sounds good. We're going to do an email podcast. First one is um, from Taylor. Uh, This is a serious one. Uh, Hey again, Envy. My name is Taylor and I'm a huge fan. You guys are dope and I love everything about your podcast. You give such great advice. I have many questions I like to ask, but I'm going to ask one that I don't think I've heard you cover. When you when do you discuss suicide with your kids? I have an eight-year-old son, an eight-year-old stepson, and a two-year-old daughter. I know sometimes someone close to me who committed suicide about five years ago, and it still haunts me. I almost have PTSD, for lack of a better description, because now I'm always worried uh, about, no, I'm always worried that someone else is going to do that as well. It terrifies me for my children, so much so that when it comes to discipline, more so the older ones, I'm constantly second guessing myself. My son is a very tender hearted little boy and easily gets his feelings hurt. It doesn't help that his dad and I share custody so I can even get more worried when he isn't with me. Do you have any advice? I could talk to my kids about this. Also, when age wise, what would be a good time? Any advice would be appreciated. I have the worst anxiety about this. Thank you, guys. Oh, wow. What do you think? Um, I think that. Because she knew someone that committed suicide and that it's weighing heavily on her, she's bringing it into her life. Correct. But I'm, I, I feel by listening to this email that um, it isn't as much of an issue as she may be feeling that it is an issue mm-hmm. in her life. Mm-hmm. Um suicide is a very very big thing right now Mm -hmm. i think probably bigger than it's ever been if i had to guess Uh just because i think that problems especially among children teens and young people are more present um i don't want to say greater 
I don't want to say greater, but I think it's more prevalent. I think that it's happening amongst more people now. And we've said this before. I think a lot of it is due to social media and higher standards and false standards now. Uh I was talking to Madison one day last week and what was she saying to me? She was, we were talking about. Hey, let's switch mics right fast. I'm hitting a little air. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about teenagers and weight. And she was telling me that just about everyone that she knows uh-huh. is watching their weight. Right. And I said to her, I said, you know what? Maybe that's because now eating is a little bit different than it was when I was a kid. Now there's so much fast food and I feel as though the standards of food have gotten lower than they were when I was younger. So I think maybe that, you know, weight issues for younger people are more serious than they were when I was younger. She said, yeah, now everyone is counting calories and watching what they eat. And she said, you know, a lot of people are obsessed about it. And I said, okay. She said, yeah, like, you know, sometimes I'll bust out a bag of chips and I'll start eating and I'll have friends that'll look at me and be like, you're going to eat that whole bag? And I said to her, I'm like, wow, like that's, that's interesting because when I was younger, nobody, like we didn't think about what we ate and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have, but we didn't think about what we ate, you know, like we just ate when we were hungry and we stopped when we were full. Well, you know, it's, it's not just the food. It's also what we did as kids. Now think about it like this, right? Think about it. You jump roped in double dutch to what time? Um, until it got dark. No, no. I mean, what age? Oh, um, probably 12, 13. 12, 13. You think about most 10 year olds, 11 year olds, 12 year olds. They're not out playing as much. Mm-hmm. They're inside doing video games. They want to go to the mall. They're on social media. Even think about Madison, right? Mm-hmm. Have you ever, well, have you ever seen Madison double dutch? No, it hurts me that she doesn't know how to do it. Now, when's the last I time? I tried to teach her one day. I heard. It, it was, was an epic fail. It was a disaster. And did somebody get hurt? <laughs> nobody got hurt, Rochelle. After somebody hurt their ankle trying to nobody, do Ben's or somebody? Nobody hurt no. their ankle. Uh, but think about it. When's the last time Madison did anything when it came outside of gym in school? Was the last time she did anything that was like, you'd be like, oh, she really had a workout? Other than running, uh, walking up Dunn's River with us, she don't play basketball no more. She yeah, doesn't play volleyball. Yeah, she stopped she playing play sports. Baseball. So right. what does she do now? She doesn't really do anything active. So if Madison ate a whole bunch of junk, Madison would be forty pounds overweight, fifty pounds overweight. Well, I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think weight's also a combination of your metabolism true. and your genes and things of that nature. But I understand what you're saying, right? So you're saying that. The kids now are less active than less, they were, and they still you eat know, disgusting food. I don't. I you've said that before to me in you know other conversations, and I don't necessarily think that kids are less active. Um, because I do. because I jumped double dutch, you know, doesn't mean. But you don't. You you did double dutch. You did basketball. You did baseball. You did all these track. things. You ran track. Put like this. You yeah, ran track in high school. Yeah, but I don't think that most kids. Um, 
play sports. I think many kids play sports, but I, I don't think that most kids play sports. And I think that's the same way that it was when we were younger. None of my friends played sports. Yeah, but they did other things. They swam, they might have no, did handball, they, they, they did no, double my, dutch. No, no. Like I had the kids on my block that jumped double dutch, but come on, stop See? with the double dutch. Like that. that's <laughs> a workout though. A little bit. Jump and rope but is that, the biggest like, workout. Literally, that's, you, that's for kids. Like that's for kids. That's not for like, teens and stuff like I didn't really nobody was jumping double dutch when I was a teenager you ran track in high school that was a team but what I'm saying is that most of my friends did not play sports Mm -hmm. you know like there are some people that play sports but I think most people don't really play sports so I don't really know if kids were more active then than they are now Mm. I do think that the food has gotten worse but it, it was just shocking to me how interested Kids are about their weight at such young ages, you know, starting at 11, 12, like worrying about eating a potato chip or a cone of ice cream. And maybe that is necessary. It was just shocking to me because, you know, um, weight is a very big issue right now. Correct. You know, like I, like I said, I think there are more overweight people now than ever before. I'm sure. So I think that it is important to start at a young age, but she did say, mom, even thin girls behave as though they're overweight and trying to lose weight, Mm -hmm. you know, like won't eat at lunch or whatnot. So I think that's an issue. I think, um, like I said before, the fake standards of beauty is an issue. Do you feel that as a man at all standards for appearance and pressure and, um, well, not and, but to a point where it can put you in a mental state of depression. Um, it could. I mean, I don't want to just assume that it's women. No, I mean, I mean, it's both. I mean, it could. I mean, you think about it. I mean, and and I think most of it is social media. Like you know, you think about it. You know, if if my dad was overweight and we went to the beach, we went to the beach. We had a good time. You know, his pot belly was out, and we all enjoyed it. We all ran and had fun. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. now it's social media it's like with so many people taking pictures like you look at all the guys that we've seen at the pool mm-hmm. you know other than the kids everybody had on a t-shirt mm-hmm. think about it we was in the hot tub all the men had a t-shirt mm-hmm. shout out to the people from houston that we met you know if we go to any pool every man had a t-shirt why mm-hmm. most men don't wear t-shirts in the pool nobody wore t-shirts in the pool back then right. but they wear it now because everything is so I want to take a picture. Let me take a picture. I want to take a picture. I want, and those pictures last forever. You know what I mean? Right. I don't have my uh my summer body intact, <laughs> but I wear a um a, a water shirt. Mm-hmm. I wear a water shirt for a couple different reasons. One, because I'm always cold, so it keeps me warm. And two, I don't have my 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 uh, summer body. My winter body's still out. <laughs> but like you know, people like to take. I pictures. still think you look good. Yeah, whatever. You don't need no friggin' shirt in the pool you don't need it well i wear my uh water shirt but for me it's like why because people like to take pictures people like to do this and this this is we're having a good time with our family mm-hmm. i don't want to look up and there's a picture of me or looking like you know how you ever see the picture of jay-z on a jet ski with the helmet on and and, and no shirt on and people like dad but like he's enjoying his time with his family great the man's a billionaire what the fuck does he care but that's what people do so yeah it can put you in a mental state so you think it affects it affects men as well it affects everybody i think but i think women too a much higher degree. Um, Female standards of beauty are just, they can be so high, especially when you're comparing yourself to something that is either fake or doesn't exist or, you know, that's been altered or something like that. Um, 
And, and it's, it's hard on young girls. So Madison and I got into that conversation, you know, and she said, yeah, for a lot of girls, it's really, really hard because every time you open up your phone, you're seeing something that's considered beautiful. Right. And, you know, just as human beings, you compare yourself to that. So I think that that can be hard on kids. I think what's up. I was going to say, and also you got to think like what you just said, people doing so much surgery Mm -hmm. right now. It's, I mean, the word perfect is, is a crazy word, but it, right now it's, it seems like it's so easy to quote unquote be perfect. It's, it's nothing for somebody to say, you know what? I'm going to go suck this this fat out. I'm going to put the fat in my ass to make my ass more plump. Um, I'm going to put some some of this in my titties to make my titties a little bigger. And no, now, you, don't, you don't put the fat in your titties. Whatever. I, mean, <laughs> That's a, you, I don't know, whatever. You could put it in your rear end, but you, you would have an implant But you get breasts. a boob job, right? Yeah. So you can do all that and you quote unquote look perfect. You know, it looks like you you know, have this very, very slim waist and fat ass and, and big boobs, uh, big boobs mm-hmm. and, a, and, a, and a flat stomach. And you look online, you're like, wow, that person I don't, looks, I don't look like that. That right. And so mm-hmm. what people say is I want to get that way. So they start right. feeling depressed, but not knowing that this person then sucked out lipo, you know, had liposuction 10 times, you know, and have never worked out in the gym at one time. And not only that, we were talking the other day about there's some people that are nice with the filters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We we see him in person be like, that doesn't look like what your filters look like. <laughs> I'm in love with your filter, not you. But that's the truth. It's the truth. Like, it, you yeah. know, we talk about it all the time. You know, we, we've seen some people that, you know, when we see him, they be like, oh, okay. But then when they put that filter on, you be like, damn. Mm-hmm. But that's how that's how it is. It's, you know, and then these kids are like, I don't look like that. Right. And they start getting depressed and, you know, and guys start fantasizing about the Instagram pic. Mm-hmm. And they see you and you be like, nah, you don't look like so-and-so in that Instagram pic. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, it would make people feel a way. It makes people feel insecure, you know? So I understand and I get it, but that insecurity, back to the question, is like, what you have to do is have that conversation early with but, your but kids. But it's, you know, and it's not only that, it's also social media bullying and real life bullying has gotten wor- worse because now it's amplified right. on social me- media. Kids will take what's going on in school and exploit it even more on social media. And I find that that is probably the worst of it, especially amongst the younger kids that have succumbed to suicide. You know, they just get to a point where they don't have, listen, can you stop that? What? You always rub your leg while we're doing this podcast. It's so distracting. I need you to stop that. Thank you. Rub my leg or rub my penis? The former. I need you to stop the former. Okay. Thank you. Um, Okay. Um, See, now I don't remember what I was saying. Like, I'm sitting here watching you rub your leg back and forth. Um, What was I saying? I don't know. I was rubbing my leg. Now, you were talking about the kids in uh, Suicide. We were talking about, I don't remember where you left off at. I, I, we're talking about social media. I want to fight you right now. I was just rubbing my leg. I always rub my leg. I looked at you mean like 16 times since we started this podcast. You always look at me mean. I don't know what you're talking about. Look at you mean like stop that. Um, we're talking about social media and the kids, uh, 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 having insecurities because they want to look like something that's not true. I was past that. Anyway, but let's go back to the question. Okay. Right? The question is suicide. You know, when do you have that conversation of suicide with your kids? Um, for the emailer, I don't think that there's any reason to have that conversation with two eight-year-olds 
and clearly not the two-year-old at this point. I think she's more so referring to her eight-year-old son and her eight-year-old stepson. Correct. Um, you're, one of them, you said, is very sensitive. Um, that's not a reason to have the conversation with him, in my opinion. I think that if you see signs that your child is going in that direction or heading towards depression or is being bullied. That's what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And I'll get back to it when I'm done saying this Um, or being bullied or having some type of social problems or social anxiety themselves. Mm -hmm. I would first talk to them about that. The conversation of suicide for an eight year old to me is way too heavy if you're not seeing direct signs that they are on that path. So don't let, and this is what I was kind of getting at earlier on when, you know, I was first addressing Mm -hmm. the email. Don't let your own anxiety and paranoia affect your children because then you'll raise children that are anxious and paranoid. You want to address things with your kids as they come. You kind of tailor things towards each child. Just because you have the conversation with one child doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have it with the other unless you find that the other is suffering from that as well. Mm -hmm. And the likelihood that that would be the case, that's not the type of thing that I would sit the kids down and have a big old family meeting or a family conversation about. Yeah, I agree. Unless uh, there was a suicide in the school, unless they seen suicide and Mm -hmm. you had to explain it. Um, And also unless one of the kids were very, very sad and you can tell that they were very insecure and having problems and you felt that they were going down that road and not just you being, in, in, you know, having anxiety and feeling that that honestly felt that they were upset and, you know, in the room by themselves more often. That's when I would start having a, a conversation, not about suicide, just to see where their head is at at first. But I wouldn't have that conversation, like I said, unless suicide was in the conversation maybe one of the kids a family member and you know they were talking about it then I would have that conversation or even if um one of the kids were being picked on um I know a lot with the uh with the gay community if uh, a kid comes out as gay and they're being bullied and they feel like there's no way out that happens a lot so if that was one of the conversations then yes I would have that conversation I would continue to boost them up and tell them that you are beautiful you are handsome you are strong you know and have that conversation you have to be I agree that extra push when the world is against them because you know this world is fucked up you know there's so many people are trolls you know sometimes I get so many comments and so many people say stupid shit to me and I'm like and I when I click the page there's no picture there's five followers they have no posts they just do that shit to get under people's skin I call it the devil the devil's work um but I would only have that conversation if it was in that area if it's not just stay close to your kids continue to kiss them continue to hug them continue to tell you tell them that you love them try to stay in, in their life so much Gia and I we try to have conversations with our kids all the time and not just these type of conversations just Love conversations. I love you. What's going on? You know, that's why we love these type of vacations, because everybody could put their cell phones down. There's, you know, yeah, there's Wi-Fi, but, you know, we're really enjoying the moment. We're in the water. We're in the jacuzzi at night. You know, we didn't leave the jacuzzi at night to late at night when we're out here because we're with the older kids. The younger kids are sleeping. You know, we try to stay on top of our kids, you know, talk about football with Logan and basketball with Logan and the trades and Madison we talk about makeup and just things that (laughs) that goes on in this world and even the smaller ones you know we really try to do things that they enjoy like 
Jackson enjoys dancing. We encourage him to dance, you know. Um, Brooklyn enjoys dancing. You know, we encourage them, shake that booty, shake that booty. Shake, shake like, it, shake it, shake, shake it. Like we encourage it. them to dance and have a good time <laughs> and to love each other, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that works. Yeah, to me what you're saying is like turn that nervous energy into positive and reinforcing energy instead of worrying. I don't think that worrying will benefit you. Just be alert. If you see that your child is prone towards that, you're still rubbing your leg. Sorry. If you see that your child is prone towards that, then, you know, pay more attention to it. But like Rashawn said, I mean, not just having conversations and now, hold on, you're doing that on purpose to distract. I'm not rubbing my leg. Okay, I'm going to set the scene for everybody right now because I I don't want to sound crazy. Like I said, we just woke up. We started this podcast at six o'clock in the morning. So Rashawn is laying across from me, butt naked right now. (laughs) Butt naked with a pillow in between his legs. And just now he was rubbing his nipple. Why? I think he's just trying to play with me. He doesn't want to have a good podcast. He wants to be completely distracted. (laughs) Why are you doing that? I'm sorry. I didn't know. You didn't know that you were rubbing your nipple. I didn't know. You just do that like as like a reflex. Yes. Subconsciously, you just sit there and, and do that. I like my nipple rubbed. Okay. Okay, Rashawn. Okay. I, I I don't know what I was saying again. I need you to stop. I'm stopping. No, no. Just, just put your hand like on the pillow and leave it there. Stop. Seriously. You're sitting here fondling yourself the entire podcast. This is very strange and awkward. Okay. We were closing out the lady with. Okay. So like with our kids. I spend a lot of time, a lot of time, and it's just natural, natural, complimenting my kids. I find anything positive about them and I let them know, not just daily, but several times a day, like London, I'll be like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. You're so smart. Oh my God, that was so funny. You are so funny. And just to see her face light up. It makes me feel amazing. Jackson, like Rashawn said, he was, um, we did another tour where we went to a beach club at the end of it. And there was a guy out there. I'm probably going to post it on my story if you guys follow me. Um, there was a guy out there that was dancing. Someone was playing, I guess, on a bongo. He's playing. Was no, a, no, no, no. What was that? That was Jump. What? Calypso song, Jump. No, no, but what was he playing on? No, no, no. The, the, the bongo was beforehand. Then he came back out with the calypso music. It was jump. Dun, 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 jump. Remember the guy and these guy came out as well. Well, was J- all... Jackson was dancing with him both times uh-huh. when the guy was playing the bongo and mm-hmm. when he was playing jump. So they were playing jump, and this guy comes out and you know he's part of um, the performance. He's dancing on the beach, and Jackson goes out there <laughs> and mm-hmm. just starts dancing with him on the beach and it made me feel so good. I'm like, wow, this kid isn't shy. Mm-hmm. He's like a little performer. Everybody's watching him. He doesn't mind. And I I was literally feeling these things. So it wasn't just fodder, you know, when I compliment them, it's like really what I feel. I right. express it to them. So when he was done j- dancing, I'm like, Oh my God, you were such a good dancer. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved it when you did this. I loved it when you did that. And his face just lit up. Right. When you see that your parents are proud of you and support you, it makes them feel good inside. And it, kind of puts a wall between them and the outside world. Absolutely. So I, what I'm saying is that I encourage you to build them up, turn that negative energy into positive energy and just encounter act what your fear is, but in a different way. Absolutely. And this portion of the Casey Crew podcast is brought to you by creditrepair.com. We've all been credit shamed. 
Credit shamed is when you have less than desirable credit and everyone treats you like you're radioactive. If you have rough credit, you can avoid it. It's not fair. But if you have bad credit, creditrepair.com can help you work to fix it. Go to creditrepair.com slash podcast for your free credit diagnosis. Diagnosis? Yes. An advocate will pinpoint what's hurting your score and ways to improve it. And if you like expert help, I got you a $50 credit off your first fee. All right. Go to creditrepair.com slash podcast. That's creditrepair.com slash podcast. And this portion of the KC Crew podcast is brought to you by Bloom. Hug Me Deodorant by Bloom, that's B-L-U-M-E, is an all-natural, safe, and sustainable deodorant that really works. Hug Me by Bloom keeps you feeling good, feeling fresh, and super huggable. Right now, you get 25% off your first stick and free shipping when you text Casey to 797979. This is a special offer you can't get anywhere else. And you support us when you support our show, when you support our sponsors. So text Casey to 797979 to get 25% off your first stick of Hug Me Deodorant. If you don't love it, return it for a full refund. No questions asked. Text Casey, that's C-A-S-E-Y, to 797979. Hug Me Deodorant is safe, sustainable, and leaves you with no smell and no sweat stains. And it lasts 24 hours. It was rated best deodorant ever by the New York Post. Let's get to another email, right? Hi, DJ Envy and Gear. If you pick me, please uh, keep me anonymous. Thanks. I ran into your podcast and I was hooked from day one. I had to binge listen from start to finish because it was good and I finally caught up. Your relationship is definitely goals and I aspire to have it one day. Gia, you are the uh, epitome of grace and elegance. I really admire your vice as well as envy from a male point of view. So please help me with my situation. I'm writing you because I'm in need of some serious advice. So here it goes. I've been married for seven years. I was 23 when I got married. Fairly young, I know. And I stuck in a dilemma. That's what she wrote. Wait, she said she's married how many years? Seven. Seven. Okay. I so re- she's 30. Mm-hmm. I recently told my husband that I love him, but I'm not in love with him. I know you guys have touched on this subject recently, so I really hope you guys can pick my email as a follow-up. But we are very, uh, we are very, we are very, what the hell? All right. All right. I'm reading this off a laptop and it's small. Okay, here we go. Where we got? All right. But we have very serious issues that I do not know how to go about them anymore. We haven't had sex in two years, which to me is insane. How is a man in his early 30s not have sex frequently? This is the base of our problems. The reason why is that it's been two years is because I got I noticed that I was the one who was always initiating sex. So I decided not to do an experience and not to initiate it and see what happens. An experiment. Right? What did I say? An experience. Oh, experiment. I'm sorry. She wanted to do an experiment and not initiate sex? Yep. Okay. Here, here, here we are. Okay. Yeah. Here we are, two years of no <laughs> sex. It's easy to read it from the, the podcast because on the laptop it's mad small. You read from the iPhone? What'd I say? The podcast. Oh. I can't. Sure, blow- hold on. Can you stop? Can you just take a moment? I can't blow these motherfuckers up and these things are so fucking small. All right, here we go. <laughs> Shit is mad small. I'm trying to read this motherfucker. Okay. Come on. Hold on. The language, babe. Sorry. The reason why it has been two years is because I noticed that I was the one initiating sex. So I decided to do, to do an experiment and not initiate it and see what happens. Here we are two years of no sex. I get no attention from him or even shows that he cares about it. 
He hasn't complained about it once. Wow. I was the one who always said we barely have sex. This isn't normal. I guess all the red flags were there from the beginning, but I chose to ignore it. For example, on our honeymoon, he'd rather watch TV than spend time with me. And every night I would be the one to say, let's go back in the room because I just wanted to have sex and he wanted to stay out. If we went on a trip, it was the same thing. Normally, I would think a man would be all over his wife. Nope. He would come back, kiss me and go to sleep. Those are just a couple of situations I can go forth with it as an example. I took him to therapy and I expressed my concerns, but would only be a temporary change and things would go back to normal. I even told him in front of the therapist that I feel like he's just not into it. He just does not motion. He has he doesn't finish it. He never does anything, never touches me or anything. I feel like he's not attracted to me. I never had that feeling of he wants me. It's just gotten to the point that I'm not even attracted to him anymore. This, among other problems, is what got me wanting to leave. We have two kids, which only happens because I would complain about the sex thing and end up just getting pregnant. And he isn't as helpful as he should be with them. He doesn't teach my son things a father should teach their son. An example is how to throw and catch a ball. Something as small as that. Now, I ain't going to front. I ain't teach my kids everything either. I was working. I, I think my son figured out how to ride a bike on his own. I think he just jumped. Out. I think Logan just oh, jumped. You're not reading the podcast anymore? No, 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 I'm talking about me. I mean, it's, the email no, anymore? No, it's a side note. I said, so don't worry about you that. You just went into it like. Oh. <laughs> now, wait, what? Because when Logan was young, I didn't teach him how to ride a bike. Okay. Remember, he was at a friend's house. He hopped on. He was like, I'm just going to try this shit and just rode it on his own. Yeah. Uh, Madison, we taught, but we never taught Logan. But anyway, my brother and I had to teach him how to do it. So maybe he was working. Anyway, there are so many broken things in this house that it's left so long that I get sick of it and end up fixing it myself. He also puts so much effort in his job. See, I knew it. That little to no effort goes at home. We aren't given the attention I think we deserve. I have to be the one planning and outing our vacation. It's just too much pressure on me. I am never spoiled. Last year, he forgot our anniversary, but I didn't say anything on person. I spent the day cooking and cleaning because we were hosting a dinner for friends that night. Mother's Day just passed. You would think he Mm. would have requested off. He works retail. His schedule is all over the place. For that, it could be all about me, but he was working. He left a gift for me on the table, came home and relaxed while I cooked for myself. It was just pathetic. (laughs) Even on my birthdays, I spent it cleaning the kitchen and going to a family friend's house. He never makes the effort to spend a long time with me or want to spend quality time with me. I'm not saying to be spoiled every day, but certain days of the year, I would like to be recognized. If there was no kids in the picture, I would have most definitely left. But I don't want to do that to my kids. But I am seriously miserable. I have no clue what to do. I know gears against staying just for the kids. But I really don't want my kids to see their fathers every day. I really don't want my kids to oh to not see their father every day. I was like, damn, that's foul if she said that. That's why I had to read that again. I think we genuinely grew apart. I'm not the same person I was at 23. I feel like he is. We're not only on the same page, but we're in two completely different stories. That's how bad it is. I recently told him that I wanted to end things and I got my family involved and they want us to work it out. But I have been battling this for so long that I don't have any more fight in me. Please, 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 please help me. Thank you. Sorry, MV. I know this was super long for you. Yes, it was. (laughs) motherfucker. Rashawn. What? Oh, motherfucker. I'm sorry. No, nah, but move I, this out of the I'm way. reading from the laptop. Usually I read from the iPhone and it's bigger, but the laptop, because she wrote so much, is very, very small. She didn't write that much. Relax. Hey, look at this. That no, that's not that much. It's a lot. <laughs> but anyway. I thought that the email was perfect, actually. The perfect amount of information, with the exception. Uh, the exception of what? Hold on a minute. 
Baby. Yes, sweetie. I need you to stop. What am I doing? I'm not going to say what you just did, but I'm just telling, I need you to stop. Okay. All right, go ahead. So you are the most inappropriate person I've ever known. I need you to stop. Okay. All right. Um, with the exception of telling, and you're rubbing your legs again. I'm sorry. I, hold on. Seriously, babe. I'm like, sorry. Self-control. You're like a child right now. I need you to stop. Now I see where Jackson gets it from. Go ahead. This is ridiculous. Okay. Like I said, with the exception of telling us what she ever loved about him or what she still loves about him now. When someone writes an email like this, where the only thing that's expressed is negative, it worries me. It makes me feel as though, well, it it tells you certainly that the bad clearly outweighs the good, but it seems as though it completely outshines the good as though the good isn't there anymore. Either that's the case or the good actually isn't there anymore. So if the only reason that you're staying, which to me seems obvious, aside from possibly, I think sometimes people stay because it's something that they're simply used to. I would probably otherwise use the word comfortable, but I don't think that she's comfortable. I think that she's just used to him. Having someone there when you come home from work, having someone to lay down with at night, even if you're not having sex with him, just something that you're used to. So you're not comfortable because doesn't seem like there's anything comfortable about it. You're constantly cooking and cleaning, especially on special days. But because you're used to it and because the kids are there and you don't want them to grow up in a broken home, you say, okay, well, let me stay. But you're not happy. So then you ask, what should I do? I think that it's better. And this is just my opinion. Some people I'm sure feel differently. But I think it's better to be raised with a single happy parent than two parents that are miserable together because kids don't underestimate them. They can always sense their environment. When I was a kid, if my parents were arguing, I knew when they were arguing because the energy in the house was different. You think that kids are blind to the kissing of the teeth or the rolling of the eyes or your parents being passive aggressive to each other. And my parents were like that just when they would have an argument for a day. And they loved each other and they were always on top of each other and whatnot. But those times where they might have had an argument, you could sense it. It might be a day or two days. And I sit back when I think about these emails, I'm like, God, imagine if that was my every day where it was just nastiness or resentment or passive aggression. No kid deserves to grow up in a house where their parents aren't happy. You know, I feel as though with Rashawn and I, our happiness bleeds out onto our kids and it makes them happy. It's a whole dynamic and the synergy within that dynamic is what produces happy kids. Well, at least it's the baseline for having happy kids. You know, like they say, happy, um, happy, happy life. I mean, excuse me, happy life, wife, happy, happy life. life. Uh-huh. It's like happy parents, happy kids. Mm-hmm. And- You don't realize because you're in it, you probably don't realize how much is being taken away from them because you're not bouncing around happy. Your energy is different. You probably have an unhappy energy and they don't deserve that. 
everything that you described to me, listen, it's hard, it's hard to say, but if your life is exactly the way that you described, you're with a man that two years has passed and he hasn't had a single conversation with you besides the conversation with the therapist that he's missing sex or that he wants sex or trying to explain to you why he's not initiating sex with you, that's a problem. I may have probably considered his sexual orientation if I were you. And if it's not his sexual orientation, that means that he's not attracted to you. And I mean, that's just obvious. You know, I I typically try to look for other reasons and whatnot, but if he likes women and you are his wife and two years, 24 months has passed and he hasn't reached over to your side of the bed, that means that he's not attracted to you or he can have an issue with having sex, a physical issue. He might have erectile dysfunction. Maybe he's not comfortable talking about it. Maybe he's trying to understand it himself because he's so young. So maybe his inability to perform makes him shy away from sex. Maybe he can only be pleasured if he pleasures himself. You know, those are the three things that I'm looking at. Um, If it's erectile dysfunction, that's something that you guys can work through. And if it is that, that's something I can see him not feeling comfortable to tell the therapist either. He's, you said early 30s, that might be something that he has to come to grips with himself. So obviously you need to talk to him. You said that you spoke to him. You told him that you wanted to break up and you brought the family into it, but you didn't really elaborate on that. So I'm curious to know, well, what was his reaction when you told him that you wanted to end the marriage because of, you know, the sex thing and the neglect thing and everything. To me, that's an important part of the email. So I wouldn't have minded if your email was a little bit longer because I want to know how, was he like, all right, then, you know, clearly it's not working. So yeah, if he's easy to let it go, Mm -hmm. to let you go, then yeah, that's another problem. Then that kind of leads you in the right direction to know where you stand. Like, how did he react when you told him that you wanted a divorce? That's important to me. Right. So what do you think? Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with what you said. And let me explain why. Um, and this is, this is funny because you see it from a woman's point of view a lot of time. And I see it from the man's point of view. Right. Now in that email, it didn't say that she worked. They didn't say that she had a job. Um, they didn't. She said she cooked, she cleans. It didn't say she's at work. He said he's always at work. So I would assume that maybe she doesn't have a job. <clears throat> I wouldn't hold on. I wouldn't assume that she doesn't have a job. I I thought I might have heard something that indicated that she had a job in no. there. Maybe I'm wrong, Mm-mm. but don't assume that she doesn't have a job. Well, this this is my assumption. I mean, because it's I'm assuming that she because I think she would have said it and just just from what I'm getting from it. Um, I would look at it like she doesn't have a job. And this is what I'm just thinking. But hold on. But let me just we say honestly this. honestly don't know. But if you assume that, then the rest of your opinion is based on that. And if she does have a job, then that means that the advice that you give is for not. Well, I mean, this is this is from reading. This is this is this is how I feel. This is okay. what I got out of it. So give it. Tell me what you think if she doesn't have a job. And then tell me what you think if she does have a job. Because you don't want it, you don't want to give advice based on a complete assumption. Because if you're wrong, then you're no help. Yeah, well, this is you know when you read something, you feel like 
So this, then give your this, advice this, that way. Go this, ahead. This, yeah. And then let me so, see what you feel so otherwise. I feel like she doesn't have a job. That's what it seems like, that she doesn't work and that he does a majority of the work because he's always working. Um, she said that it kind of bothers her that he always talks about work, is always working. Now, I would say one thing about this. As um, most men, I think, would, would agree that when we work, we're working for our families. And a lot of times we, when we work, and Gia's looking at me like, whatever, nigga. But <laughs> a lot of times when we work, we work for our family. So if we go in beyond and over to work, we're working to, and we're trying to make sure that our family is secure. I do the same thing. I bust my ass. I work my ass. I work, I work beyond being able to work. And sometimes when I get home, I am tired. Um, now, the, the little things that you would appreciate, whether it's Mother's Day, whether it's anniversary and things like that. Yeah, that's absolutely positively foul. But besides Mother's Day, the anniversary, he probably just slipped his mind. Wow. But Mother's Day is one of those things where the whole world knows it's Mother's Day. It's not like it's a secret. It's not like, oh, well, I forgot today was the third. No, the whole world knows it's Mother's no, he Day. Left, he left a gift on the table, I believe. Yeah, but he just didn't have any care after he came home from work and he gave, he gave it a gift and, and was probably like, you know what? I'm going to sleep and going and I'm, I'm going to bed. But he probably works his ass off and is probably very, very tired. And it's very, very difficult to deal with a family and kids when you're that tired and you worked out and you work so hard. So for most people it's a matter of finding that line in the sand where it's like, I can do work and do this, but still be able to take care of my family. And that's his problem. That's the line. I don't think he's figured out as yet. You know, they teach us in this world is you got to work. You got to take care of your family. You got to hold down your fort. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. You got to make sure your family's good. And we put so much emphasis on holding down our family and put so much emphasis in making sure our family and our kids are good. You know, we do that so much that we forget about our family. And it's easy to be like, well, yeah, you know, you're a dad. A dad should be a dad. But we're so taught to provide. We got to protect. We got to provide. We got to make sure we're good. And I even <laughs> fall into that hole sometimes where... I will bust my ass working and almost forget the little things. You know, a couple of weeks ago, our kids had graduation on a Thursday and a Friday and I almost missed it. And I almost missed it because of a check, you know, and some people be like, well, you know, yeah, that's foul. But I looked at it and this is foul to say I looked at it as this check is huge. And I heard what you just did. This check is huge. <laughs> what? <laughs> hmm? Continue. Want to swap stories? <laughs> huh? Rashawn, please continue before you lose your train of thought. So when it comes, like, you know, I almost missed their graduation for a check. And I looked at it, and this is going to be foul to say, I looked at it and said, and thought to myself, <laughs> this is going to be foul. I see Madison's graduation. Madison graduated from the same school. I seen her come out and say, happy graduation. I'm Pluto. I'm Mickey. We're going to the first grade. I seen that before. I seen Logan do the same that thing. That is so foul. It I, is foul. I hate to switch gears, but so the graduation is not about you. I know. And you actually being entertained. I know. It doesn't matter if you've seen the same graduation 16 times. I know. It's about being there to support your child. I know that. That's what it's about. I know but, that. And you, the way that you think was, eh, I already know what they're going to do. So but I, but I'm let, thinking, me go, let me go get this check. But I'm thinking about it like this. Like, you know, it was a $20,000 check I turned down for the graduation. Right. You see what I'm saying? So, so you wound up making the right decision and you were there to support London and Jack. So you say, and so the kids say, but it, it still irks me one day. Let's say that we need 20000 for something and be like, damn, if, we'd have, if I'd have just missed that one graduation that you could have FaceTimed me and show me. Ask, but let me, ask you the, let me ask you this. Yes. It, it wasn't worth it to see 
London as the Little Mermaid and sing on stage and be so amazing? Absolutely, it was. Well, could you kind of sound like it wasn't? Ask me about what was it worth it for Jacksons. Ask me. Was it worth it for Jackson? No, <gasps> no, he was not a he was not a mermaid. He was not a uh, <laughs> that graduation was so corny. But all right, Rashawn, we're gonna sit here and lie. The Rashawn. graduation wasn't corny. It was five minutes. My parents drove from Queens all the way out to Jersey in two hour traffic. <sighs> it was five minutes. It was over from preschool to kindergarten. I'm not saying. But we. No, I, you are saying. I could have caught, caught that. You actually said it. You just said it. I could have caught that. You said no, huh? His wasn't worth it. I ain't go front. His wasn't worth it. I'd have went and caught that check. But, but London's was worth it. Right, but there was no way I could make London's and not make Jackson's. Of course not. Right, but I get it. I understand. I would. I would have said, damn. I would have go get that check. Why? Because I seen. I seen Madison's graduation. Mm-hmm. I seen Logan's grad. Logan's graduation and Madison. Right now, if you say Madison. Do you remember your graduation and dad did? Madison wouldn't remember that shit. Yeah, but she has the pictures to reflect on and she has the videos uh, to reflect on and she'll know that her father was always there for her. But anyway, what I was saying is I understand. <laughs> stop it. I, I need you to, to stop. Work. Okay, hold, hold on. Let me finish. No, I just need you to stop. Let me finish. Let me finish. It. So I, I understand it. it. So yes, you say, oh, I have a problem uh, doing the vacations and planning the vacations. Well, you should plan the motherfucking vacation because I'm out here busting my ass. I'm paying for the vacation. So, yes, you should be planning an outing or a vacation. It's too much pressure on I, me. I, I need to stop you. I'm. You, you, that's what she's You're mad it. that the email is that it's too much pressure on her doing everything. Rashawn, I'm going to kick you off of this bed right now. Like, you're giving your advice and I'm so infuriated with everything I'm that not, you're saying. I'm not finished. So, you might as well be infuriated with everything. That's like you <laughs> telling me, babe, I, I need you to plan this vacation. I'm you don't know that she doesn't work. I need you to stop. You're, you're off on your own. Own freaking track. Do you have something that you want to work out no, between, well, I'm not with finished. me I'm not right finished. now? Because I'm not I, like, I think, hold on, so I think we need to work something out. No, because what is going on? And, and they like, talk about the man's not having sex for two years. All right, now if a man is not having sex for two years, right? Maybe he's having a problem. Maybe he can't get his shit up. Right? Maybe his dick won't get hard. And that's and that's probably. Can you lower your voice? I'm sorry. That is the hardest conversation to have with anybody. Could you imagine your shit don't work? Hey, babe, you know, my dick ain't getting hard. That's another conversation. Because then, then you know what she'll say? His penis doesn't get hard. So I think she's not a, he's not attracted to me. And that'll be something else that's a bonus. <laughs> don't make me laugh. That's the truth. Because what do you say? <laughs> well, well, your dick don't get hard. You're not attracted to me. Babe, yes, I am attracted to me. No, you're not. Because there's other guys out there that love their wine, but their dick get hard. Yes. So he's having that conversation. You think he wants to have that conversation with a therapist? We're sitting in the room and there's a male therapist or a female therapist. And all you're going to think is, you'll be like, yeah, my, my dick don't get hard. You think when she leaves at home, when she leaves. I mean, again, I don't know. She's going to be like, let me, baby, let me tell you about this guy who, who came in my office and the dick don't get hard. Like nobody <laughs> wants that. So like I said, instead of. Rashawn. Oh, no, I'm not done yet. I'm not so, trying to interrupt you. So like you asked the question. So all these, you know, all these people out here be like, yeah, I'm tired of this relationship. I want out. No, we have to stop that. We have to stop. Oh, I don't like the way he smells. I'm out of here. Like we have to stop that and really get down to the bottom of things. I like the really, way you smell. Is this, is this a personal thing? Like, I don't know what's going on right I'm now. Not, I'm, just, I'm just tired of people that just throwing their relationship away because of something <laughs> small. Like, Yes. These are things you love the man, you married him, you've been with him for seven years. There has to be a reason why you're there. We have to figure it out. We have to get to the bottom of things. You're going to have to be a real woman and ask him, look, look, does your dick not just get hard? Like have that. Do you think that's going to work? Well, not say it that way, but like, you know, like, you know, it, and you got to say things like this, right? You don't want to hurt a man's ego and fellas, you don't want to hurt a woman's ego. So be like, babe, you know, we haven't had sex for two years. So let me ask you, you know, I, you know, I was reading and I was realizing that, you know, 
60 percent of men are over the age of 30 are having ed problems like their penis don't get hard is that something like do you want to go to the doctor and check it out we could go together there's pills there's uh i don't know what else they have shots all different things that can help is that a problem is that an issue let's go together let's check it out babe and to see what he says, be nice about it. Don't be like, well, your dick don't get hard and you can't fuck me. And if I was fucking uh, Boris, he'd be like this. See, this is personal. No, it's not. I'm just How of, did you just? I just, <laughs> I just thought of a name. <laughs> we have somebody at the door. Who is it? All right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just saying. But, you know, you got to. I know. I just feel like you have some things you might want to work out. No, right no. Now. I'm just saying that could be part of the situation. So, I, you know, my advice is just have a conversation, have a strong conversation. All the questions that you talk to us about, ask him, talk to him. But don't don't try to hurt his ego, because when you try to go at somebody and this is men or women, the first thing they're going to do is protect. They're going to deflect. But if you have a real conversation, you know, they're more willing to be open and really have that that conversation. Yeah, so I didn't really like anything about anything that you just said. <laughs> I just don't. The only the only thing that I did like was that you said, um, not that I really agree, but I you're rubbing your leg. Sorry. Not that I didn't agree. I, I I just I understand you saying don't just throw it away. Mm-hmm. Work on it first. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, I I think that. A relationship where there's love there can be worth saving, but that's a big pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you from a male point of view, because you said that my opinion came from a female point of view. Correct. Let's say you and I <clears throat> were married and all of a sudden I show disinterest in you. Uh-huh. When you touch me, I turn over. When you make a move towards me, I tell you that I'm sick. I have a headache. I'm on my period. Um, Meanwhile, you saw me maybe doing something active that would indicate that I don't have a headache an hour ago. Right. But anytime that you motion for it, I show you that I want no parts of you. Mm -hmm. And clearly, I'm not initiating anything with you. And that goes on for two weeks and then a month then two months, then four months, then a year, and it extends all the way into two years. Uh-huh. How do you feel as a man? And what do you think? And then what do you do? Um, how I feel as a man? Um, yeah, because you, you said, uh, well, you know, you're, you're looking at it from a woman's point of view, blah, blah, blah. So how would it affect a man? Um, well, first, I would try to get to the bottom of it before I would necessarily try to make a decision. Yeah, it would make me feel a way, but... There's so much going on with people's lives that I would have that conversation first. Of course. And if the tables would turn, you were me and I was you, I would talk about, well, what is stressing them out? Why does, why does that person no, feel that way? No, just talk to me about you and me right now. Like, okay, so I am showing no interest okay. in you and I'm not bringing, I, I show no interest that it's, that it's not happening. Okay. Like I do not initiate a conversation with you. I am skipping along through this relationship. Like it is all good. Okay. I would have a conversation to why, and I would Mm -hmm. have to figure out why Uh, it would have to be either you, something that's wrong with you or something that I'm doing. That's affecting you in a way that, that you necessarily don't like. Um, Maybe it's the way that I talk to you. Maybe it's the way that I make you feel. Maybe it's the way that I treat you. Maybe I'm picking work over our relationship and not making you feel special. Um, I would try to get to the bottom of it. 
I mean, these are all problems. And then people be like, well, if I have to tell you to fix it, then it doesn't mean anything. No, that's not true. It means that it might not be on my mind as much. People are like, well, that means that I'm not on your mind as much. No, that means that I'm trying to take care of other things. That doesn't mean that necessarily. And, and especially in a relationship where we have been, where we've been together 25 years, there, of course, there's going to be things that we forget about, you know, like, for instance, we're doing so much right now with real estate, with the podcast, with me, with work and so much going on. Of course, there's going to be times where I don't necessarily think about you first or I think about our kids first. And sometimes I got to take a step back and be like, damn, I got to think about our kids more. I think about you more. So I would try to break down what is causing this. And then once I found out what what is causing it, uh, fix it you know, work hard to fix it. Make sure that, you know, if, if if it's a business type of thing where I'm not on my phone when I'm in the house, even if it, even if I want to be, but say, you know what, I'm putting my phone in the drawer because I just want to focus on my wife and my family. You know, if it's something like uh sex, you know, say, well, what is the reason why we're not having sex? You know, is it the fact that, you know, I don't feel attractive and I feel overweight? Is it the fact that, um, I'm not being sexy. I'm not being sensual. I'm not being that. Uh, it might be back to the fact where it's like, you know what? I have to date my wife again, take her out, show her how much I love her, show how much that I care for her. These are things that, you know, I would look back and say, well, I have to figure it out if I really want to be in this relationship, if I really want it to work. Um, it's easy to say, nah, fuck it. You, you're not feeling me. I'm not feeling you. All right, keep it moving. Um, that's easy to say. And I think when most people have that type of relationship, it's a circle. It continues on and on and on and on and on because the person never fixes that problem, never addresses that problem, never tries to go on with fixing that problem. I think in this world, I think so many people do things and they're like, ah, right, they're quick to let it go and keep it moving. One thing I would say is the generation before us, our parents, like they really toughed it out and fought it out and tried to deal with their problems or they ignored it and just stayed, which is not good. But to fix a to fix a, a problem or to go through it. I mean, like even with us, we've had problems with all parts of our, our, our relationship and we try to talk about it and we try to mend it. And sometimes the conversations aren't the best. Sometimes the conversations are easy. Sometimes it's, it's not, it's, it's not just, a, I'm sorry, and keep it moving. It's well, why? And we have those conversations and those discussions. And sometimes it's the most difficult, but at, when we get out of those conversations, we both feel better because we, break into a little bit of your life. You break into a little bit of my life. You know, you're not going to see what I do every day. I'm not going to see what you ever do every day. I'm not going to understand how you feel every right. day. You're not going to understand how I feel. But if we have those conversations and real conversations and not being mad, I think sometimes people are mad and they're attitudinal because of the way that they feel. And that does not, it does nothing but put up a wall because the first thing I'm going to do is going to be deflect. You know, it's going to be an argument opposed to, well, this is how you're feeling. This is what, how I'm feeling. So back to our, our person, I would just say to have that conversation, be, have a real conversation. I would write down everything that was wrong and do it on a day where you're not mad. Do it on a day where you feel good. She's probably always mad. <clears throat> but she got to find out the less because if, because if you came to me with a list of shit that I did wrong and you started telling me the shit that I did wrong, I would deflect. There's just a man's thing. I deflect. Same, same thing with you. If I said, babe. So it's a person, it's a human thing. It's not, it's a, a human thing. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so if I came to you and said, babe, I don't like your shoulders. I don't like your knees. You're putting somebody like on calves. the defensive. Exactly. Right. First thing you're like, fuck you. I don't like your fucking knees. <laughs> you think you got nice knees? <laughs> Bow legged ass. Right. <laughs> but that's how it would be. That's how it would be. Well, I don't, I don't like, I don't like your teeth. Well, motherfucker, I don't like your teeth. Your teeth are a little yellow. Oh, you got a little hot breath. Like that's how it would be. Like, I don't like your elbow. Well, you see your elbow, you got a pimple on your elbow, but that's what it would be. 
you know, instead of just saying, hey, babe, these are the things that I don't like. You know, your elbow protrudes out your arm a little bit. You know, we think you need that fix. <laughs> you want to see an orthopedic surgeon, you maybe. Let's, let's orthopedic <laughs> surgeon or something. You know what I mean? But that's what it is, you know. But I also feel like, you know, there's some things that we don't like to hear. And, you know, we've had conversations like the conversation we had the other day that you've been trying to have for me for years that I don't like to have because it makes me feel like, motherfucker, you don't think I'm doing my job? Wait, what are you talking about? I'm mean, not going to say it on air, but... We had a conversation about... Why not? We say everything on here. No, nah, not this. I don't this. even know what you're talking about. Not this. But um, we had a conversation about uh, how how you feel like people look at me sometimes. Okay. Right? And that's a conversation I didn't like to have because my, my thing is I don't give a fuck what people think about me. Fuck them. That's what, that's where our conversation was. Yeah, he didn't even want to have this conversation with me. I've been... Tr- you're right. Right. Okay. Like, what? I've been trying to have for years. So I, I guess you're definitely not going to have it here. No. But it's, it's just, I don't give a fuck what people think about me. I don't give a fuck what people think. I don't care if they think I'm a, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a this. I know who I am. My wife knows who I am. My kids know who I am. I ain't got to prove shit to nobody. But anyway, but those are conversations. <laughs> You're that saying we that have. you have to have the hard conversations. The hard even conversations sometimes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what do you, what do you think? I think now we're getting somewhere. I think now we're getting somewhere. And what you just said is a lot more, to me, valuable than what you said before. What you said. Sorry, my leg. I'm sorry. What you said before, I think it was just based on an assumption Mm -hmm. and then you run with that. Um, Listen, I'm, I don't advocate just throwing a relationship away, Mm -hmm. but sometimes there are indications that something is not working. Some things can be fixed regardless. She's already sought help. The one thing that troubles me is that they haven't sat down and had a conversation about what's wrong. And it's not just that. It's compiled with someone that's showing disinterest with you sexually and then showing disinterest with you emotionally. Mm -hmm. He has no care in any fashion about her happiness, it seems. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do anything special. He doesn't acknowledge any special days. She's cooking. She's cleaning. He there's there isn't that thing in his brain that says, "Wow, today's her birthday. I want to go out of my way to make her happy today. Mm-hmm. I want to make her feel special today." It's like, all right, I'm gonna sit here and cook this food that you, um, excuse me, eat this food that you cooked for me on your birthday. And I'm going to watch you make it. I'm going to watch you clean up after it. And then I'm going to go to sleep and mind my business. Mm -hmm. Someone that feels that way about you, it may not be you. It can just be them. Right. And at 30, which is still young, I don't want to work on changing someone as a whole human being. Mm -hmm. At that point to me, we just have too many problems. Mm -hmm. You don't. You're not showing that you care about me. You're not showing that you love me. You have no interest in making me feel special. We have no, nothing that resembles a sex life. Mm -hmm. There's no conversation about it. You're not showing me that you want to fix it, that you want to move beyond, that you want anything better than what we have right now. Because since he's not doing these things for her, she can't really be reciprocal. She can't give him the love and affection that she would otherwise want to give him because she's not feeling it inside. So it's this nasty little carousel and he's not showing any, like no foot forward to try to rectify. He seems as though he's good with it all. If you're satisfied with this less than mediocrity, why are we doing this? Why? We should both move on 
if we can't fix it, of course, I agree with you to take the steps to try to fix it first. She already sought therapy. It didn't work. Maybe more conversations, a little bit more legwork. Yes. But if you can't get beyond that, I think that you're too young to suffer so much because if he's like this at 30, imagine how he's going to be at 40 if you can't break the cycle. So my suggestion would be to work on it, to talk, to try to have those conversations. But if he's not meeting you halfway, if he's not showing that he has as much interest in resolving it and being with you as you do, then me personally, and this is personal, I would walk. I don't believe in wasting time on something that isn't showing any promise and it doesn't seem like it's showing any promise because then you'll just be 35 with the same problems, but just with five years of more misery under your belt. Yeah, um, I, I, I disagree. I, I say you have that conversation. I and, have the conversation. And I, and I always feel like when people sometimes jump out of a relationship that they think is bad, they always jump into something that is way worse. It's not like you you saying, okay, well, I'm jumping out of this to find something new. And then it's like, oh, shit, I'm 60 and I'm by myself and I have a bunch of cats. But instead, you'd rather be 60 and you haven't had sex in. No, I'm just saying. They in, gotta, in what, 34 years. I'm just saying they got to put the work and effort in. And if he's willing to like, do it, if he's willing to do it, then I think I think you, you, you fight. But if he's not and if he treats you like shit, then you got to walk. What's too much worse than what she's experiencing now? Like, like I, I'm, I'm confused. I mean, they just have to have a conversation. We don't know the whole ins and outs and how he feels yet. You know, we're only getting one side. And there's, you know, three sides to every coin. There's your side, my side, and the truth. You know, so it's it's just a matter of coin. <laughs> it's a story. <laughs> Two sides of a coin. You say tomato, I say tomato. They know what I meant, motherfuckers. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess we kind of differ. I think we were both saying have a conversation and see where it goes from there. I'm saying if it doesn't show much promise and if he doesn't seem that interested in fixing it, I would jump ship. Right. Rashawn says he would stay on the ship and be miserable till he's 60. I didn't say that. That's, that is he what you said. He has to be willing to work. If he's not willing to work and he's like, fuck you, then fuck him. But- I think anybody in a relationship like that would be willing to work. There's things that's embarrassing. You just got to get to the bottom of it. All right. All right. Well, it's time to get up out of here. Why are you looking at me like that? No reason. Oh, it's an hour and six minutes. So okay. don't think it's a no, short No, that's not why I was looking at you like that. Why are you looking at me? Don't I didn't worry touch about my, it. I didn't touch my leg again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to get up out of here. I'm DJ Envy. And I'm Gia Casey. Have a happy 4th of July. And that was another edition of the KC Crew. Toodles. Toodles.